0: this is the money shop podcast where we dissect what's been going on in the business news and see how smaller businesses can use it to their advantage so what are we going to talk about today roger
1: texas has been in broke it's been broke and it's been plunged into darkness by rolling blackouts bad times uninterrupted
0: blackouts and it's even during the day. Even during the day. And
1: it's been cold as balls as well, though.
0: That'll teach him. Global warming. So No it, climate change. Both. We got told off for going at global warming the other day. Did we? By your sister, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. My
1: sister works for the UN. It's impossible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yes, Texas been having some issues with the. Uh, is it just electricity? Or is it everything?
1: I think it's basically everything.
0: Well, I suppose it's just the electricity that's causing issues with everything else. Or is it just everything? Is it just really a proper clusterfuck where everything's just broken at once? It's
1: transpired essentially that their infrastructure spending has been way too low for way too long.
0: Zero, I think, is the French term for it.
1: Zero? Zero. Oh. But in a weird French... Remember that time when we There were a French company (laughs) that had been looking after
0: their infrastructure. (laughs) Freedom prize. Um, No... So yeah, so we were talking about from an infrastructure point of view and investment. The American infrastructure, certainly for the electric network, has been very low for several years. And why is that? Well, it's the cheapskates. Um, no, but I think it's it was built. first. Well, yeah, but it was built sort of in the sixties, seventies, and I think it was designed to last forty odd years. And obviously now it's gone way past that. It's now running at one hundred percent capacity. And the reason nobody's wanted to invest in it in a big way is because they privatized all of the infrastructure in the country. And so my understanding, and hopefully we don't have that many American listeners that can call us on this, but my understanding of it is they basically wait for something really bad to happen like this, and then the government steps in and they pick up the bill for it. And so as a business, why would you bother putting your hand in your pocket when you can just wait for something to go wrong and someone else will pay to fix it for you?
1: Yeah, essentially you buy the contract to own a thing that you run until it falls over. And, and then, then when it like, falls over, help. you walk away.
0: Yeah. Well, you don't even walk away. You just stand on the, the side. it for you. Wait for it to be fixed. Like, so can I charge people again now? Okay, cool. Thanks for that. Yeah. Whereas in the UK, how do we do it?
1: As I understand it, um, you get a sort of fixed return on investments you make into the infrastructure. So if you were to uh, redo all the waterworks in Cambridge at a yeah, large large volume, large price, sorry, um, you'd get this sort of fixed return on the investment you made in in reflected in the prices you could charge people. So the government allow you to privatise it, but also be able to sort of raise the prices provided you are investing in that. Yeah, so you're allowed
0: structure. to increase prices for utilities provided you increase and improve the service you provide to people. Yeah. Which seems fair. And utility, like the return... It's been a while since I've looked at it, but I think it used to be 4%, which for a utility company... Pretty good. Well, yeah, it's not too bad. Utilities are basically a commodity. So, you know, if you're in Cambridge, you use Cambridge Water. If you're in York, I used to use Yorkshire Water. Who did I use on the Wirral? The Wirral, Wirral Water? Was, no, it's United Utilities. Go figure.
1: Who were owned by...
0: Mr. Wirrell.
1: Owned By some <laughs> foreign um, football club or something. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: which is somehow owned by Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. But so if you're in an area, you're stuck with that utility company from a water point of view. And so it's a way, that's a good way to encourage private companies to invest in the infrastructure so that we're not losing water through shitty pipes that were put down by the Victorians. So all very well and good. Americans don't like to invest in infrastructure because it costs them money and they don't see a return on it. The UK are willing to because they can make a return on it. How is that relevant?
1: So we are liking infrastructure to a company and its, its sort of formation and, and, and backbone. So as, uh, So maybe we could look at the, the US infrastructure in the sense of a company. Okie dokie. And it's it's creation. So uh, early on, not much infrastructure in, in the US. Um, and then at some point, they sort of got their act together. So we're going to say sort of the 40s, 50s, 60s era. era. I think they,
0: it seventies. 60s, 70s, that, that They got really going. So they built
1: this load of infrastructure. Yeah. And it all worked. And then essentially they've gone into decline and they've stopped looking after it. And what's happened is there's been a period where we said, you know, sort of basically this infrastructure was built to last for about 40 years and 40 years elapsed and they sort of stopped stopped caring about it. And they said, well, we can sell this off and we'll make all our own money. And there's been this decline in it because no one's cared about it. And suddenly it has gone wrong and it is broken in a non... Uh, a, a non sort of allowable way. Like mm. it's not broken in a kind of like, oh dear... We've had, we've had a power cut for an hour. It's yeah. broken in a way that is likely to cause harm, if not death, to a bunch of people in Texas.
0: So there is, and again, I read it briefly, didn't pay that much attention. So I'm going to absolutely slaughter all of these facts. But there was a report done by like, the Homeland Security in America that basically said, if we lose these particular power plants across the country, then we will lose power across the entire country. And it was like I think it was twelve sites. They're like, if they go down, we're fucked, and that disrupts the entire network across the entire country. Nobody has electricity, and it was something stupid like, and then ninety three percent of Americans will die because it will take us fifteen years to get the infrastructure sorted again. Not quite sure why everyone's dying because there's not electric, but because it makes. I mean, they
1: live in a inhospitable country. <laughs> like most of it's either too hot or too them cold for living there. Then, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, we not, like, not, we're, 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 we're comparing um, infrastructure in a country to infrastructure in a, in a company yeah. and saying what 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 our big, what my big driver is, is that like there is a point where you need to stop uh, assuming you can sort of kick it down the road and, and invest in your infrastructure. And what infrastructure is, um, the non-sexy, the non-fun part of It's the
0: operations of your company, isn't it? How you do whatever it is you do. So it might be the websites where you host it. Are you on Squarespace or WordPress or something bespoke? Do you use Shopify or Amazon versus your own built platform? What CRM system you use? Is it MailChimp or MailerLite, which I think is the free version nowadays? Or, or have you been using a spreadsheet to do or them, whatever? You know? Yeah, yeah. Have you been using a pen and paper to keep all of your customer details on stuff like that? So that's kind of the infrastructure level for a business, isn't it?
1: And and the, the the comparison is, you know, growth can happen with, as you say, a spreadsheet and a pen and paper. It can happen, and it can be quite phenomenal. But there it is reaches a point. a point. Yeah.
0: And so the question is, I suppose, how do you figure out where that point is? So. Bezos, we talked about him the other day. I'm pretty sure when they first started Amazon, it was like him and his missus were posting things out from their house. Very quickly, that becomes untenable as a business plan. And so you upgrade the infrastructure of the company to say, no, we don't do that. And now they've got the world's fanciest, whatever, warehouses with AI robots and drones and all kinds of stuff. At what point though, do you say, well, now is the time to invest in. I'm going to spend a thousand pounds updating the website. I'm going to spend whatever, a couple of hundred pounds going from a literally a piece of paper and a pen to an Excel spreadsheet, or I'm going to go to now G Suite because whatever reason I want to use that. What do you think, from a business owner's point of view, is there any sort of calculation you'd use?
1: I have two
0: uh,
1: theorems, facts, uh, trigger points, should we say on this. So I say, at the point that you stop zero-rating your own time as a founder... Is the first point where you need to reevaluate everything that's in the business. So you start saying, right, this is actually makes some money, I'm going to start drawing a, a salary for myself. Yeah, you should have a reevaluation of it, which is like, am I using the right set of tools for me to grow this? You know, if I was being paid by another company to run this company.
0: Is it efficient use of my time to do Would I whatever be, task? Yes. Would
1: I still be using my spreadsheet where I manually crank out stuff? You know, if it's if the answer is, you know, the answer is inevitably going to be no. And so at that point, when you start being gamefully employed by the company, mm. it's, it's it's a big it's your responsibility. to then actually spend some more money on the company. Internally, because at that point you're saying it is big enough to sustain me. Okay. And that's probably not a massive change. It's probably not, yep. oh, well, I've <laughs> paid for a £100 million worth of website redesign. It's well, I probably I have a question
0: on that one now. So, do you want to go with your other theorem or do you want to be questioned on that one?
1: Question me on this one and then I'll give you the other one.
0: Okay. I was kind of hoping you were going to say the other round Okay. The I other kind, way of, kind mean... of forgot what my okay, question I, well, was.
1: The other one is that. Um, The other theorem is that there should be a fixed amount built into your budget which is just allocated towards improving the internals of the company. And so, you know, way before you start, you know... um,
0: So you have a line item in the budget for like fixing the company. Efficiency drives or whatever it might be.
1: And the nice thing about that is you could accumulate it for one big ticket. So you could say, well, last two years, we put 10% aside and now we've got this fairly big pot. And what we're gonna depend on that pot is something that makes the company better. And actually that something should be, could be something quite big. So say you're a a small manufacturer who makes things and relies on, uh, part of your process relies on someone else having a machine. That ten percent could save up and buy that machine instead. And all of a sudden, you're a bit more, you're a bit more uh, resilient as a company. But there should be a non-zero part of your budget that squirrels money away for for buying stuff that doesn't directly affect PNL in the early early years. Yeah, okay. be- Bezos is famous for this. Yep. You know never make a profit because you should be spending it all on making the company better. And that's why the company's worth so much money. Um,
0: So on that first one where you were saying you, you can now afford to pay yourself a salary, whatever that might be. And so at that point you effectively look at the business and say, where are the bottlenecks? Where are the, um, the areas that you need to increase efficiency in order to grow the business? Completely agree with that. But, How do you justify or how do you work out how much something is worth? So if I've got a bottleneck that means, well, yeah, I manually have to go walk to the post office and hand all these these packages in. That takes me X number of hours. I pay myself this much per hour. Therefore, this is how much I would save by not doing it. To me, that was how I'd do the calculation. I'd be like, well, if I can spend X percent of that, I will have a payback period of weeks, days, months, years, Mm. whatever it might be. And that's kind of how I would look at it and say, this is now worth doing or this isn't. Because there's always efficiencies you can have, especially when you're quite early on. And you're like, cool, I can afford to pay myself now. Well, I have to respond to emails. I should employ someone. That's an efficiency drive. Not just improve the system and the infrastructure. The infrastructure of your company might just be, well, I need more staff. And so they can do a job. More often than not, you could... you could increase or improve the process so you don't need staff and you just get a better system. But how do you establish the value of doing that improvement? So like in the UK, what we just said was, if you spend 10 million, you can have a 4%, you can increase the, staff, the charges to everyone else and get a 4% return on that. Most people probably aren't going to have that agreement with the UK government. So they don't get that guaranteed return. So over what time period do you need to see that payback? in the early days, or is there any, do you think there's any number that you can be like, oh, okay, well, if you do this, if it pays back within the first 12 months, definitely you should just crack on with that. Or has it got to be, well, no, it needs to pay for itself in the first month. Otherwise you're too early to bother doing that. Or can it be, this will pay itself off in the next five, 10, 15 years. What's a reasonable guideline, do you think? I think for a like small that?
1: business where you've just started paying yourself, I think a reasonable time frame is three to four years where you're like, this needs to realize again in the next three to four years, and it, it's 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 it it it's more of a mindset, which is I'm going to start investing in the infrastructure of my company now, because in three to four years' time, if I've not done it, we're going to limit our growth. Mm-hmm. You know the, there is, there is a a reason a lot of companies fail. And it's not because they're not successful, it's because they're really bad at being successful.
0: Is there not an exponential return the longer you delay that improvement though? So let's just say from day one, you're already up and running, now's a good time. You've looked at it and said, okay, I should invest 10,000 pounds into this thing and it will pay itself back in the next four years. If you can hold on for three years, it's maybe the same 10,000, might be a little bit more now because it's a bit more complicated. But it will pay itself off within one year because your volumes are higher, your customer numbers, your charging's higher, whatever it might be. And so it still pays itself off in the same, in four years' time from day one, it's paid itself off. So you've gone from a four-year payback period to a one-year payback period, but you've had three years of shittiness because you've had to make do with duct tape and chewing gum to hold the thing together.
1: Well, yeah, that's why this is useful advice, because it probably make your life less shit, for those four years is, yeah, it's going to sting a bit and like probably you can't pay yourself as much as you want, Mm -hmm. but it means that you are, you are doing the, doing the unpleasant thing, which is like building something of value. And, and, and that's what people buy. Like people, um, people won't buy duct tape and string, you know, people won't go, Oh, well that company's brilliant. I mean, that guy's, you know, that, that person's ragging themselves completely stupid, but it's really, really good. What they would go is like, wow, that, that person's really on top of what they're doing. I will buy that company. You know, that, that's, you know, you know, I think if you always look at yourself as a thing that someone might buy, mm-hmm. you, 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 you put yourself in that kind of frame of mind, which is like, well, would someone turn up? and say, you know what, I love the way that all the cardboard boxes are, you know, hanging from the rafters and occasionally everything falls over. And, <laughs> and you know, and your spreadsheets only work if you run Windows 97. And, you know, like, I love that. It's so <laughs> genius. Oh, you're such a... You're, such you're a, so quirky. Yeah, it, you're <laughs> so cool. Uh, no one wants that. But if you stood up to go, yeah, everything, everything runs off this uh, one cloud-hosted app and... It's all pretty under Candidate control, and it works. And you know the 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 knobs, the dials for this um, this company are: pour more money in, get more money out. Everyone's like, brilliant. This guy, and 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 if you put yourself in that mindset the whole time, it helps. <laughs> <Massively>, <laughs> yeah, you know the, 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 there is a thing in a startup in a, a young company which is like well what if one of us gets run over by a bus it a, that's kind of your entire game is to like make sure that so someone from can day get one
0: run <laughs> is the whole point to make yourself redundant and to always think of your company as this is a saleable asset how would I promote this to a VC someone who's trying to buy it or whatever and always put yourself in the shoes of an external party, looking at your company, and even if it's just you as a one-man band, like I design websites for people, or I'm a photographer, all I do is take pictures. Like, okay, how can you do something with your business? How can you treat your business so that you can be removed from it and someone potentially would want to come and buy it?
1: Yeah, I think if you're not looking at a business from someone else's point of view, you are going to end up in your beautiful little echo chamber of like, I make the best things in the world. It's just everyone else's is wrong. You know, you you need to, you need to look at yourself and go like, but if I didn't understand what this company did, how would I know its value? You know, how would I, how would I understand what value it brings to me as a customer? Yeah. You know, you, you're, you've got to spend time being not involved in the company. I mean, I'm not saying that's easy. That's really yeah. fucking hard to do. But that's, that's why I say like, as soon as you start being able to draw a wage, it's like, Pretend you're trying to buy the company.
0: I think that's a that's a very good takeaway for people. And you know, it does come down to what are your goals for being in business. Some people just want to, well no, I just want to work and I want to take a salary of X. I don't care if I'm the one that has to collect the cardboard boxes off the roof rafters every so often. I'm not trying to sell it. I don't want it. I'm happy as a lifestyle business, whatever you want to call it. That's fine. But I'm not saying But for everybody that doesn't want that, and for most people that are like, no, I want to set up a business because this is something I want to do. And I think having that mindset of, as soon as you can, put yourself in someone else's shoes, completely external. Think of it as like an accountant looking at your books and be like, okay, how does this business work? What widgets, as you said, if someone throws money in at this point, where does the money come out at the end? And is there a profit to be made? And it doesn't matter who's working there. doesn't matter what the processes are. It will just carry on working. I think that's a pretty good way to constantly, and probably what six monthly every year at least have a good look at your own business and be like what needs to change so that i can get run over by a bus but please don't um and the company would carry on going i think that's i think that's a pretty good takeaway yeah and there could
1: be could be um it could manifest itself in lots of different ways it could be that you pay a consultant to come in and just be shitty to your company once a month. Yeah, or well, once a quarter, once a once a year. Yeah. Where you pay someone to come in and say, Tell me everything wrong with this business and they'll they will rip you apart and yeah, you'll pay them Or it's it's you sit down and you try and reflect on the on, on, on what you what it is you do. I mean I think I think like the idea of trying to pitch for investment is really valuable because it makes you stop pretending to yourself that like, oh what we do is this really elaborate thing but if you said to someone you should give me money because I'm really good at doing this you know because we do this thing really well Yeah. if you can explain what that thing is you do really well then you understand your business and you kind of everything sort of is in place um, it comes of like the idea of like guiding vision and a guiding vision gets you know a lot of flack from big corporates and stuff where they're like to make a greener
0: better you <laughs>
1: <laughs> but a vision is is could be the sense of like we make the best frying pans in Europe or something or like we endeavour to make energy efficient light bulbs. Mm. That's a vision. You know, that's that's like a thing. A I thing always get
0: confused of, about vision and mission statements and shit. But like that. It, it, they're all the same thing. Oh, aren't they?
1: Okay. And like I, I guess you could pay someone to tell Jazz you why the up. two are different or whatever, but it, they're, they're all essentially the same thing. It's like. You've got 15 seconds. Tell me what you do, which isn't. So that's synergy what I was gonna say. Bollocks, you know? <laughs> I was going to say
0: everybody listening to this as homework, if you have your own business, you need to have an elevator pitch. And so that whole if somebody says, "Oh cool, so what do you do?" You need to be able to say what your business does in 15, 30 seconds, wherever it might be, and if you can't, you probably you don't got, have a, you've you don't a, have a value proposition.
1: Yeah yet. Yeah, but and and like I'm not saying like you you don't have value. I'm saying you don't have a value proposition yet, and that's the thing is like that people buy value, not product. So remember, you're not selling a product. You're selling a value proposition to someone. You're selling the idea that this thing or this this service or product or whatever I'm selling you is valuable to you. So yeah. you will give me money for it. I'm not selling them, but this is the, it's the most square square ever made. <laughs> you're not selling that. You're selling the value of what this square, what this square, square could yeah. do for you yeah, yeah. so don't don't yeah. <laughs> disentangle product and value <laughs>
0: yeah yeah I like that that would be a good piece of homework for people to do everyone should do it you know you I mean, probably don't if you haven't got a company or weird. do it for yourself yeah really? what do you do oh I do
1: this yeah, it's useful it's a useful thing I, you know, I occasionally do And realise I have no idea what I'm doing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I won't ask you to let you're relevant to No, because that would just be me melting down (laughs) on a podcast. (laughs) Okay, we'll avoid that one
1: So, Texas has taught us to invest early and often in our infrastructure.
0: To look at your weaknesses and see what you can do to invest in that infrastructure to effectively future-proof yourself. It's important
1: to be done early and often. You know, it's far harder to be Texas and trying to get out of a six-day blackout than to have done it 20 years ago and it'd be a bit boring.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Tune in next week.